Welcome to Pick My Book Podcast with Dr. Janelle Jones. In this podcast, we have candid conversations with aspiring, new, and established authors as they share their stories about their creativity, their book, and why they decide to write their book. So sit down and grab a seat and let's have a real conversation. Welcome to Pick Your Book Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Janelle Jones, where we meet with authors and have candid conversations about their books. So listen, I had the pleasure of working with the women of the 2020, the year all limits were served, finding optimism during adversity. And I don't know, listen, I don't know who needs this right now probably every single person in the world um, because we faced a lot of challenges in 2020. So I'm super excited to hear their stories of how they found optimism during adversity. So with this book, we're going to talk with women who are gracious with power. You will read their powerful stories and insightful stories about what it means to hold on to faith when life breaks your heart or present or tosses lemons at you. These women took these lemons and made some lemonade. And I'm telling you, these stories, they are so relevant to what is going on in the world today that you are want to turn up your radio. You want to tune in and you want to listen up because I know it is going to help you overcome any adversity you're facing today. So welcome, ladies. I'm super excited for you all to be here. We are going to really have the opportunity for you to introduce yourselves. And we want to know who you are and the things that you're doing. And then we're going to really dig deep into your stories in the 2020, the year all lemons were served. So Miss Rhea, Miss Rhea is a visionary author. Oh my God. Miss Rhea is just, I love her. Listen, I absolutely love Rhea because she is, is just such an understatement for her. Her vision is just so vast and she executes like no one I have ever seen. And the, her passion behind the things she do and the people she helps and the things she bring out is just unmasked. So I am so excited to be here really helping you bring out this story because I think it's needed. So tell us more about who you are. Well, first off, Janelle, I just want to thank you one more for being alongside me on this journey. Last year, I, you ride with me and we're riding again. So I'm so appreciative for you. So just for the uh, listeners, so my name is Rhea Rodney and I am a self-publishing consultant and a book coach. And I work with aspiring authors and also published authors to help them to get published. But I always open up first and say that I am a woman of faith. So I'm very thankful to God for this gift that he has given me. And I have the opportunity to work with people and to help them to bring their dream come true in the literary world. So I'm very thankful for that. And I'm thankful for this opportunity here to be in this space with these beautiful women. So thank you guys. Absolutely. So, wow, listen, we're going to dive so much into this. So now we're going to bring up Josanne. Tell us about who you are, what you do. Hi, Dr. Janelle. Thank you for having me. Well, my name is Josanne Rene Rojas. I'm from the lovely Caribbean island of Trinidad and Tobago, but I was born and raised in Tobago. And I am a mother of two boys. I am a business professional. My husband and I run a metal fabrication company. I'm also a first-time author. 
being a part of the anthology and I'm also publishing my book soon called What Do You Believe? I like to say that I grew up in church, but I did not grow up in God until he basically <laughs> held my hand and disrupted my life and told me that it was time for me to, I guess, come home and serve my purpose through him and with him. And so that's what I'm doing right now. I'm being obedient and fulfilling the call of God on my life. That's amazing. I love how you said uh, you was in church, but you didn't have the relationship with God. I think a lot of people can relate to that. So Ms. Dominique, tell us who you are. Tell us more about who you are and what you do. Hello, everyone. Hi, Dr. Janelle. It's a pleasure being here. I'm, I'm so excited to complete this journey. When I got into it, I really didn't know what I was doing or what to do, but I knew what 2020 did to me. So um, I was really excited to share my story and to, to really, from the time I wrote my story, it's like my old perspective of change. And I'm excited to, to continue to fulfill my purpose, excited to walk in this journey and to see things for what they are. And it's like finding optimism in the midst of adversity. So I'm excited and I'm just on a different trajectory to just keep moving and just see things and just keep seeing the hurdles and just jumping over them. And so um, my life has just been changed even without this book even being published, even when I wrote my story. It's a new space to me. Thank you, Ria. Thanks, everyone. It's just, I'm just enjoying the journey. I get it. This is awesome. Um, I think I know that this is just the beginning and the best is yet to come because Ms. Rhea is amazing. So Ms. Rose, tell us who you are. Tell us more about who you are and what you do. Hi, everyone. My name is Rose Dawson. I'm from Pickens, Mississippi. I was born and raised in uh, Bond, Mississippi. I'm the uh, wife, mother of four, have eight grandchildren. And I'm just so excited. And thanks to Miss Rhea. I mean, this has really been a pleasure. And I mean, it's, it, I'm excited about everything. So right now, I'm currently working as a personal caregiver. And so I'm just, I'm just excited. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Miss Petra, tell us more about who you are and what you do. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, um, Mr. Rhea, for for the vision and you know that you can run with the vision thank you janelle dr janelle for the opportunity to be on this platform uh, i'm petra Nichols and um i'm so excited about this uh, because i'm i love writing you know i've always loved writing and reading as a child so this opportunity has awarded me you know something that i can connect with or connect to in this, in this, you know, platform. And I'm so happy, I'm so grateful. I'm a mother of one son, a teenage son. And um, also I work in healthcare and I'm a Sunday school teacher at, at my local church where I, you know, I'm able to connect with the kids. Even during the pandemic, they were able to connect and just speak their, 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 their soul with what they were going through. And in this story, I just believe that if I can touch or reach at least one person. I know there's going to be more, but if at least I can reach just one, I would have reached someone and be able to connect with someone through my story. So thank you again. You're welcome. I know that there's going to be a lot of people 
connected with you on stories because they're really encouraging and inspiring. So last but not least, Ms. Lee Kalisha, tell us more about who you are and what you do. Hi, everyone. So I'm Kalisha Leclo Perun. I practice immigration and family law in Toronto, Ontario. I was born in Guyana and I migrated to Canada after I completed university in Guyana. And I'm happy to be here um, this evening. I always wanted to write while I was in university. My professors always encouraged me during, to write during the summer, you know, write a paper and submit it to, an art, to a journal. But I, I just never took them seriously. And when Dominic told me about this anthology, I thought to myself, you know what, Kalisha, jump on the train and, you know, take, make use of this opportunity. So she introduced me to Ria, who I am really grateful for. And I thank God for the vision that he's given to her because she's really made this journey easy. I thought writing was such a daunting task. So that's why I never really, you know, went after it. So, she, but she's really made it broken down all the steps and made it really um, simple. So I'm grateful for that. And I, you know, I thank God again for this opportunity. And I really believe that the stories in this anthology, it's definitely going to be a blessing to many lives. Thank you. You're welcome. And I agree, like seriously, I want your listeners, I'm seriously to tune in as we begin to dig deeper into the book and their chapters in some of their stories. Some of their stories was like, oh, my, like, I mean, the stories period had, it was very real. It was very vulnerable in them sharing their experience with 2020. And after that, um, really taking time to kind of pay attention and find yourself in these stories because you will be able to relate. I promise you that. So we're going to go ahead and start diving right into their story. So we're going to start with Miss Rhea. Miss Rhea, as a visionary author, why do you feel this topic of taking the 2020 lemons and making it into lemonade was important to share right now? Well, as you know, I've shared this time and time again, I don't write of myself. And that is the honest truth. God, he inspired me. And 2020, you know, as we all know, was a year that everything could go wrong. It went wrong. And I didn't really have this anthology in, in the back of my head. In fact, I've never even embarked on an anthology. Nonetheless, you know, God told me, he said, I'm to write three anthologies. And he gave me the three books. And this was the book that was on the last of the three to do. And as I looked at the topic that God gave me, I didn't choose it for myself either. You know, 2020, the year all the lemons were served. And as we know, you know, this saying, when life gave us lemon, what do we do? We make lemonade. Unfortunately, there are so many people who allow themselves to be completely overwhelmed with all the negative things that ha happened to them and all the, the unforeseen things that they are able to really push past that issue. And right there, as God gave me that name, I understood right away what the, what the mission was. And the mission was to really show people, right, believers or non-believers, young or old, that even though life may sometimes not go the way we want it to go, there's still hope. And we have to be able to rise through that storm, to push forward. And that is what this book is about. Of course, we will have to share what is our pandemic moment. 
right? But the beauty about this book is that we are mainly focusing at the end on highlighting the brighter side of our pandemic moment. And with this book, even though we are writing the book and it's 2020, the year all the lemons were served, right? And it's, it, it focused within the, this time of the pandemic because we're still in the pandemic. You know, um, while the pandemic was happening, life was still happening. There were still people who were experiencing things that had no relation with the pandemic directly. So you will see that mirroring in this book. You will see different story. Not everything is directed to COVID, right? But what we want to show is it doesn't matter what you are going through in life, whether it's a personal issue, education, whatever it is, something, you know, God is there, or mainly you have to be able to change the way in which you think. It's all about your mindset. So it's about looking not just at this, at this issue, but asking yourself, what am I to do in this space? What it is going to, what is this situation wanting of me? And once you allow yourself to really dig deep in the midst of this chaos and ask those questions, what you will find, it will be inspirational. And what you will be doing in that space is really activating gratitude. And once you put that energy out of being grateful, okay, this is happening, but you know, in the space of that, um, this is what could happen, then you are, you are automatically changing that outcome by first being grateful. And that is what I want the readers to get from this book, you know, how to rise against um, the storm during the midst of their own personal adversity. And I think that's a great point because we forget because 2020 was just a year. And like you said, we're still really feeling the residue of it now. And so we're still facing adversity. This is why I think it's very good that we're having this book or you're having this book come out now because we're really still dealing with this stuff and really learning how to rise up in the, the role of gratitude so that you can overcome that adverse situation. So I love that. Okay, Ms. Josanne, um, you have Spiritual literal, Literacy 101 to assist believers in putting their takes on flesh on E to live Christ-centric lives. Why do you believe this is important for them to become filled up and live their Christ-centric lives? Okay, so I founded um, this blog, Spiritual Literacy 101. One, because I was also biblically illiterate um, coming into, I guess, getting back to being a Christian. And, you know, many of us, sometimes we live a Christian life and we go to church on a Sunday and we think that that's enough to feed us. And God is like, he's expecting us to grow and mature as Christians. And if we don't basically take the cloak of our own opinions and biases and preferences off and empty our, our tank of our flesh and basically let him fill us up with his word and with his insight and revelation and his encounters, then we are going to be kept back from fulfilling our actual purpose and manifesting God in our lives. So that was really the major reason why I founded it. And also because I wanted to get back into writing. And so I kind of challenged myself to found a blog. And then I would be forced now to um, keep myself with it up 
and also to write and to share the revelations that God would have laid on my heart. So I think it's very important for us to live Christ-centric lives and to commit to, um, to God and his word as our foundation in everything that we do. And let me tell you the reason why I ask this question, because we're talking about, you know, the limits and adversity and things like that. But the reason why I asked this question, because I, you know, I looked at your information and saw this was very interesting to me because we are on E. The country <laughs> as a whole is on E. I am a therapist. Yeah. And one of the things that I have noticed is that people, the heightened depression, the heightened like suicide, the heightened crime, all these things are heightened right now because we are on empty. So I wanted yeah. you to kind of talk to us about fulfilling our tank and using that God-centric life to help us go from empty yeah. to full. So this is why I particularly ask this question because we need hope. So I appreciate yeah. you answering that and getting back to the basic of God being our foundation. Yeah, very important. Yeah, yes. so basically we, I like to say that God, let's say we have our lemons, all of us have our lemons to, to deal with. Um, but what we do with our lemons, it would be good if we have God who sees everything and knows everything telling us, hey, freeze those lemons or hey, squeeze out those lemons or hey, add this ingredient to make a lemonade or hey, give away these lemons to someone else to help them make their lemonade. You know, it's very important that we have the creator um directing us based on the blueprint that he has given for all lives so yeah definitely yes i love that so i really appreciate you answering that miss dominique so let's talk about after engaging and something you believe will bring you wealth but then you were scammed right listen y'all got to get this book because <laughs> i was like wait what happened um how did you correct the course of action and how did you deal with shame? You don't have to go too deep because they need to read the book, but just kind of like talk to us about, you know, how you were able to kind of shift and pivot and then deal with the shame. Um, firstly, I would just give a little backdrop into why that actually happened. I came to Canada as a student studying in the field of accounting. And um, in 2013, I was introduced to cryptocurrency and I was like not interested then the company that I went to work for I met a client who is also a pastor who was deep into it and from doing his books I saw how much money he was making and I'm saying to myself maybe maybe I should be doing this so in 2020 when I completed my master's and I decided that okay, here is an opportunity presented again because the Bible said for the lack of knowledge, you perish. So I said, okay, there's nothing to do, so might as well dive into it. So I got into it with limited knowledge. So how I was able to deal with that situation is, yes, it was bad, it was shameful, but it taught me a valid lesson because all the years that I've spent jumping like skimming over it and not even paying attention to it even though I saw what others was doing with it that should have been the time that I should have been studying it and and gaining the knowledge but then I went into it with limited knowledge and that is why it ended up being a negative situation for me so the positive side of it is that I utilized that time to study it so that I can educate others about it and so yes I did feel the shame, but I turned in terms of I 
take that lemon and make lemonade. It's like, yes, it was shameful. I'm saying to persons, if you're not willing to commit the time, if you're not willing to go the extra mile, stay away from it, because you can end up in the same situation that I did. So with your adverse situation, you were able to really take that information, you know, and say, you know what, I take responsibility because I did not do as much research as I should have. But now I'm going to do the research and I'm going to take this and I'm going to teach others how to really do it in a way that's gainful for, to, for them. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Exactly. Okay. And this is where, like a lot of people in 2020, they, some people lost their jobs, people were fur- furloughed. And then a lot of people decided they wanted to start their own companies and they want to do these things, which is nothing is wrong with that. But some people did that without the knowledge, without learning. They just dove into something, cryptocurrency, forex trading, whatever was out there. And then they felt that pain. So I wanted this question to become very informative because I wanted people to understand just because you you dove into something, you made mistakes from that thing, you are still able to pivot from that. Because a lot of us did things, you know, in 2020 that we probably should not have done. So learning how to pivot for those things and not allowing it to weigh you down but take it to educate other people or do something different where you can help something or someone so that you're not just wallowing in the mistake. So this is why I was very, very interested in your story because we did things. We we were almost frantic in doing things. We were like, we need to come up with something to make money because we don't know what's going on, right? We, you know, we spent our money buying toilet paper and we were doing a whole bunch of stuff, but being able to say, own it, be responsible from it, pivot from it, learn from it is what we need to do. Exactly. Awesome. Miss Rose. Okay. Um, in your chapter, Beauty for Ashes, you experienced the murder of your daughter. One thing you said was your faith didn't waver in God. Tell us how you process that through this tragedy. How were you able to not have your faith just die down again. A lot of us in 2020 and up to, up to now waver. We waver individually. We waver collectively, globally. What the heck is going on? So how were you able to stand and not be unfaithful in the midst of tragedy? I processed it by living my everyday life on God's promise. Deuteronomy chapter 31, 6, which says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's powerful. You listen, these stories are so real. I don't want you guys to like, when you're reading these stories or listening or however you're going to take part, really understand, again, they're sharing their side of vulnerability they probably never shared before. And just these stories alone, just, I mean, just every aspect of them. There's 15 people in this book. We're only dealing with half of them today. Um, we'll follow up part two next week. But just these eight, these 15 people's stories, I'm telling you, you will be able to find yourself and be encouraged. So please make sure you're listening or reading these books. Miss Petra, what advice can you give readers about the importance of now? What I mean by that is, why is it important not to wait? Why is it important to pursue your goals and your dreams now and kind of not waiting for this perfect moment to get it done? Okay, I'm so glad you asked because I have also been guilty of waiting. 
And, you know, we all know the saying that opportunity loss can never be regained. And that's so true. That rings so true. And I think that idea of the perfect moment, that's so flawed. And why I say that? Because how are we going to know when is the perfect moment? I don't think there is a perfect moment to wait for something. In the same way, we don't know that what the future holds. When is the perfect moment? I have no idea. So I believe in all my heart, especially now, that it's, we have to live in the moment. We have to embrace what we want to do, what we want to accomplish, our goals, and say, set aside that time to get it done. Because the perfect moment, I have no idea when that will be. Because I also believe that waiting, it causes us to procrastinate. I'm also guilty of procrastinating sometimes, you know? And then we wait, we don't get it done. And what happens? We are just stuck in that situation, waiting and waiting for what? The perfect moment? No, it doesn't exist. I don't think so. It doesn't exist. And I also think that what happens is that we're just trying to figure out, in waiting, we're trying to figure out our next move. And then instead of moving forward, we are stuck in the same situation where we were yesterday, we are stuck there today. So let's embrace that moment. Tomorrow is not promised. So live now. Let's be intentional about what we're going to do. And let's set aside some time to achieve our goals now. The opportunity may not come back. And I also believe that there is never a refund on time that is lost. Mm. Never a refund. We can't get a refund on that. So, hey, what are we waiting for? Let's do it now. Now, look, you preach it over here. We're going to have to pass the collection plate, right, <laughs> around and kind of get that done because this is important. The now is important because how many people, 2020, 2021, 2022, you know, the unexpected happened to them. Yeah. Uh, I know we, I know when I talk, I go, wow, you know, for me, it was like, dang, Kobe Bryant died, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, you do not know. You could be the wealthiest person in the world or the poorest person in the world. Time is not, like you said, promised to any of us. And we're sitting on that timeline and we're not fulfilling our dreams and our purpose. And we're just kind of like waiting. And then like you say, you could be here today and gone tomorrow. Yeah. So this is why it's important to just start. You know, you want to build your legacy. You want to do all that stuff. You want to build generational wealth, then start now. So I love that. Um, so you. thank you for that. Miss Kalisha, your story was interesting because when you were younger, you knew what you wanted to be. What advice would you give the listeners regarding staying focused on course despite adversity so although in my heart of hearts I I believe this is my God-giving purpose but when all this all this adversity come and all these things start to happen and all these storms arise how do you keep going thanks for that question I would say that never forgetting your goal or your purpose is one of the key things to keep you on track because we all face adversity and it comes in so many different ways. It could be an unplanned pregnancy. It could be a divorce, the loss of a breadwinner. It could be a family dispute. There's so many things that can come at us when we're on that path towards achieving a goal. And when those things come, it often distracts us. It's like a distraction. 
And if we don't keep in keep focus on what we want to achieve, we wouldn't achieve it. And one of the things that I did personally is that every decision that I made and every plan that I had for my life, that goal was part of that plan. So I never lost track of it. And it got to a point where there's nothing anybody could say to me that could have changed my mind. It was only God who could have told me, Kalisha, no, I don't want you doing this. I was so convinced because every decision that I made and every plan that I made, even when I had to take a detour on achieving this goal, that goal was always somewhere in that plan. So I never forgot it. So that would be my advice to, to the listeners. And this is good because, again, we just went through a whole world crisis and a lot of people got distracted and felt discouraged and lost their way. So it's very important to understand that you have to be almost like indefinite about your purpose and why you're here, because any distraction that comes your way can throw you off. And then you're off in wonderland somewhere, you know, doing something that you're not supposed to. So I'm very appreciative of your story of, you know what, I knew this since I was a child and I'm sticking to it all the way to where you are now, which is a lawyer. So I really, really appreciate that about you. Um, Miss Rhea, how would you describe this journey in your chapter, how I starved my fears and fed my faith, giving birth to my purpose? And I, I know that we're not talking about our, our stories are not just COVID, you know, dealing with the pandemic because it's 2020 period. And your story just with the pandemic is, is a, like so encouraging. So tell us more about your chapter, just how you gave birth to your purpose. You know, I always share with people that fear is a normal emotion. Oftentimes we feel, especially as believers, that we should shun fear, right? If we're fearful, then that means, you know, we don't believe in God. And actually that is not true. Fear is a normal, you know, um, it's, it's a normal part of who we are and it keeps us in check. But it's when we allow ourselves to have, you know, that, that spread of fear or to be overpowered by fear. And my chapter, you know, how I starved my faith, my fear and fed my faith. I had no choice but to do that because guess what? Fear was evident because I knew physically I was dying. Everything told me I was dying. My body told me I was dying because in my chapter, I share about um, me getting COVID very early when they didn't know what to do with it and everybody was dying. And I was dying. My body was dying. The monitors was telling me I'm dying. The blood work was telling me I'm dying. The doctor was not using those words, but they were saying there's nothing more we can do for you after they gave me all that treatment. And, you know, I shared many times that I have had my running with sickness and having to really sort of face death in the, in the face. But to be honest, this experience, I had no doubt. I knew 100% that I was dying. But I just felt like God will do it for me like he did it for me all those different times. And as a result of that, I just decided that you are not gonna let fear win. And I just put myself in this place where I just focus on God and I focus on my faith. And even though everything was looking negative, I just knew that God was short for me. Like my God, I have purpose. And I reminded God of 
of my purpose, you know, but I also called on my community and I asked them to pray. Or sometimes we feel like, you know, we have to shelter that. But I, you know, I put out that SOS and everybody started praying and I saw the change. But after I was able to overcome that really traumatic time in my life, I felt like I had nothing to lose. I'm like, there's nothing gonna hold me back now. You know, like ain't no stopping me now, I'm on the move. You know, because I felt if God could do this for me, then I should not worry. I should not waver. I have to know, you know, like I could walk on water at this point. So when God, you know, he told me, he said, you know, that, that experience, it even showed me who I am in God. And it, it even brought more clarity to me in my purpose. And that was when I decided, you know, okay, God, I'm going to do as you said. I was kind of like one foot in, one foot out with my business, but I, I left my job and, you know, God gave me a blueprint with my business. And I'm telling you, in this space right now, I am a business person, yes, but I'm in ministry. And every day God showed me how I am in ministry and I'm seeing my purpose being used and I'm learning more about myself. And um, I owe it to that moment in that hospital bed for 10 days, knowing that my back was against the wall and I had to starve my fear and feed my faith. And, you know, I'm just thankful that I'm here. And as a result of that, this anthology was burdened because this was one of the first things that God gave me to do when I came out of the hospital. So I know that, you know, I had to be there so that I could really be able to let go and let go of completely because I know if I fall, he's right there to catch me now. I have no doubt. And I'm just thankful for that. The collection fight, girl. I think that what is very was like, oh my gosh, you choosing not to go down that negative pathway. You could have easily, you know, kind of play death in your mind your every everything around you was saying that right like you said everything. it was screaming to you so you could easily get on that frequency okay you know what you're right but you choose not to and you you really kind of like was like god what you doing like i'm gonna i'm gonna throw back the promises that you gave me <laughs> so that he can come through and then you were able to tap into your community to pull you through that is some needed information for right now even though your circumstances are saying or screaming to you, the worst is happening. You still have to be grounded in God and his promises and a positive so that he could pull you through. And because he pulled you through, it's almost like the real Rhea was birth, right? Imagine yes. that. Like now you just kind of like, oh, I, I can do anything, right? I could walk on water just because you tapped in and believed. I had to go in a deeper, deeper place. Like, I'm not gonna say it was easy. It wasn't easy, but all I knew is that I am not gonna die today. And I, you know, it was really survival mode. And I think sometimes, you know, as, you know, using um, the phrase from Josan that we all on E, right? I felt like I was completely empty. I had nothing more and I had to go on survival mode. And in those 10 days, I learned how to live on a puff, just breathing on a puff. You know, I learned how to live 10 days sitting up, you know, not laying down. 
You know, I just learned how to be vulnerable in that space completely and giving it all to God. But one of the main things sometimes we go through our struggles and we go through different trials and we feel that we need to not share it because we have an image, you know, and I felt even that space that I am a humble person. But, and I'm very transparent, but I had to put it out there because I needed that support. And in that, I was able to, my situation was able to empower other people because they saw me basically dying, right? And then they saw me living. So, you know, it's so important with this ontology that we get to share these stories so that we can give people hope. So I went with everything. I left nothing, you know, left unsaid because I know that it's going to help somebody. Absolutely. I love it. Oh, wow. That, that gave me goosebumps. I absolutely love it because it's, it's, it's very powerful. There's stories. So make sure you're getting the book. We'll learn more about how you can in just a second. Miss Josanne, you learned a valuable lesson about purpose without God during your pregnancy loss. Could you share with the listeners what exactly did you learn? Okay, so um, just as Rhea said, when she looked for the positive things, even though something negative was happening, when I was going through my miscarriage, um, even when I was told basically that I am going to have a miscarriage, but they are not sure exactly when, because I just had a sack and they said it was like a blighted ovum, they call it, where you don't have a, a living fetus, but you have the sack and you have all the symptoms of a, of a pregnancy. So basically they're letting you know, you're going to have a miscarriage, but you don't know when. So you continue living your life and waiting basically on the miscarriage to happen. And, um, you know, I was asking God to please show me the lesson because, I mean, sometimes things happen and you forget to ask for, well, what am I supposed to be learning while I'm going through this situation? So I remember when I went through the miscarriage, I was in so much of pain. I was having, it felt like I was actually giving birth to a child, even though I wasn't, I was having the contractions and the pains just as if I was in labor. And I couldn't understand. I was like, God, if there's nothing there, why do I have to go through the pain of labor if I'm actually not giving birth to anything? And, you know, he said, basically, look at it this way. A blighting ovum is like a mirror of someone's destiny without God. And so he was showing me that we could all have all these symptoms of life. We could have the symptoms of success. We could also be living our own purposes and thinking that, hey, you know, I think this is it. But if it doesn't include God and his blueprint for our lives, um, it's going to it's going to fail. Eventually, it's it's not going to be completed. It's, it's still a false birth. And so I had to kind of dig deep and understand, okay, um, I kind of get what you're saying. I don't like that I'm going through pain to get what you're saying, but I understand. So the point of it is to keep God. Um, it is only God who could really give birth. He is the one that chooses to give us life in the first place, chooses to create us. And if we don't keep in touch with him and his blueprint, um, our plans will eventually 
fail or come to naught because we're not living out the purpose that he has for our lives. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the lesson that I learned. Which is very valuable because it's ultimately, you know, saying that you can have all these things that look good, you know, like it's, it's really there, but without me, you don't get that true fulfillment yeah. of having a real baby. Yeah. Yeah. So y'all, y'all hear that? And <laughs> listen, they're talking about their, their adversity and the things that they've overcome. That's why you need to get the book because these stories will have you glued to the book, okay, to the page. And it's like, you don't want to put it down. So I just want to let you know. But in these stories, it's really like just taking, again, not to be cliche, these lemons and turning them into lemonade. Because one of the things she said was stopping and asking God the lessons. We don't do that. And you know what we do when we don't do that? We keep going through the same test. (laughs) You know, we don't stop and say, what are you teaching me? We just go through it and then we're on to the next and then it's the same cycle. So this is a great way to break it. It's just simply by asking. So thank you so much for that. Ms. Dominique, how do you recommend, you know, because you, you know, you went kind of back to paycheck to paycheck. So how do you recommend going from a scarcity mindset where there's not enough to an abundant mindset where there's more than enough? What's your, what is your actual outlook on that? Because I feel like right now, we're in a crisis in the world. You know, gas is, I don't know where y'all are. It's like five something a gallon here. And I can't even tell you, I don't even ever remember gas being five something ga- gallon my entire life of living. So that's a new high. So we the food is high. I bought some detergent today. I said, well, when did this get $20 for detergent, right? So we're going through. In the midst of going through though, how do we maintain an abundant mindset? I would say picking back from the first question, one of the things that I discover, one of the things that happened is that I had to have a mindset shift. And I discovered because of feeling the hurt and the shame and the pain. And I got um, on this scripture that say on 3 John 3, 4, my prayer is that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospereth. Sometimes because of our environment, sometimes because of situation, we see, I was seeing prosperity as money. But then in that situation, I discovered that prosperity is not about money. Prosperity, when the, when the Bible said, pray that your soul prospered, is that you become a whole person. So in that situation, I found my purpose. I found my purpose in terms of what do I have in my hands? What can I do with my hands? And sometimes, like someone said before, sometimes it's just helping someone. You said, one person said, maybe it's just to give away your lemons. I took my situation and then I became like a catalyst to helping others. So I began to use my adversity to make to ensure that that does not become someone else's adversity and so I become a giver I become a person that go the extra mile and try to like one person would refer to me as being melancholy you know it's like self-sacrifice but because of what because of my experiences it's like I cannot turn back because it's like 
life does not, like you said, that life don't offer you a refund. So I'm saying in the midst of that, I was sick, I was depressed, I could have, life was just difficult. And so I decided, you know what? A lot of us look at, I wanted to have a big house. I wanted to drive a new car. I wanted to get a better job. And I had all these aspirations, but what is that? What does that benefit me if I'm not fulfilling my purpose? So when I discover my purpose is not, so I realized prosperity is not money, you know? And even like now it's like, I'm living my life and doing everything. I wanted to change jobs so many times, but even when the Bible said, learn to be faithful with a little, then you become ruler over much. And that is my mindset. That is what caused me to go from scrutiny to abundance because I'm rich in my spirit because I'm living my purpose. I'm living the life that God has put me on this earth to live. And in my book, in my, in my chapter, you would have thought about, I, you would have read about me going on that trip. And on that trip is when I said, God, why do you want me on this earth? Why, what is your purpose for me? You know, because in many other books to come, you probably, some of you will discover the person Dominique. And even the name that I was given, I was given this name by a complete stranger. My mother told me the person that named me Dominique was the first time she saw them and it was the last time. I know that that situation happened and it's like, I'm so, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to everyone's story and it's like saying, God, you really have a sense of humor because it is helping me and, and giving me a clearer picture that I'm on the right path. Yes. So the thing that was very profound to me is, you know, you shift your mindset, um, even though you, you kind of were in a, a negative state of uh, financial hardship, you still were able to shift your mindset from that scarcity to abundance but also realizing and understand what prosperity really means. And it's not just the lavish lifestyle. It's really your soul prospering. And that's something we always, and not always, but we tend to skip over is allowing our soul to prosper. Because you could be the wealthiest person on the earth, but if your soul isn't prospering, what does that truly mean for you? You're probably not in peace. You're probably not in joy. You know, there's all these other things that's going on that's not causing true fulfillment. So it's really understanding what prosperity means to you. So I love that. So thank you so much. Miss Rose, 2020 brought you to a place of forgiveness. Now, not everybody could be brought to that place of forgiveness after losing a child. More importantly, losing a a child in the hands of someone else. Can you tell the listeners why forgiveness is so essential to your future, especially when you're having to face adversity? Well, forgiveness is essential to my future because it gives me a peace of mind and I can move on with my life and let God handle my problems. And I have learned to acknowledge, to accept and forgive. So when it comes to forgiveness, You can't just say that you're going to forgive someone and say that you just forgive them. And you have to be honest with yourself and let God allow you to learn how to be a forgiving person. So I've just learned to be forgiven because God has given me that 
sight to learn to be a forgiver. So this not this is not the first time that I've gone through like with forgiveness. And so I had to learn to accept that if you're not going to forgive, how would you want God to forgive you? So this is something that you really have to be honest about it with yourself. Mm. So and I think that I like that's crucial or critical, not crucial. It's critical that you are honest with yourself about your forgiveness. Cause you're, I think we are in a, we can sometimes be in a plastic society where, you know, we're just microwave and we're just not in our head. And we use it, the phase or the phrase all the time. I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm fine. How's everything? I'm good. And really, if we peel that layers or those layers, we will find that a lot of times people are not fine. And a lot of times people are not good. But when you're honest with yourself and you're saying to yourself, I'm having trouble forgiving you for X, Y, and Z, or forgiveness is not coming easy to me, Lord, help me. Then you're able to really process through that healing part because you're open and you're identifying where you are, right? You, mm-hmm. It's almost like, like you know, AA. It's the first step is to identify you have a problem, right? If you're not identifying it, how can you truly go through the process of forgiveness? And in the words of Tyler, Tyler Perry, because I've been watching Tyler Perry movies, you know, he talked about, or Medea talked about, you know, when you've forgiven someone, when you see them and whatever they did to you, you don't want to hurt them. That's where we have to kind of analyze, are we truly, or how we truly got into a place of forgiveness? And for us, I'm, I'm a venture off a little bit. I had a hard time and I'm thankful my Unfortunately, I lost my mom to COVID in 2020. And I'm very grateful for Rhea. So this is where I have to really give a lot of shout out because she was on the phone with me almost every day while my mom was in the hospital. So I had to take a moment and shout out her right here. And after my mom passed away, I was having a hard time forgiving myself because I blamed myself because she was staying with me when she had COVID. But as soon as, as, soon as I was able to say to God, I'm mad, because I believe this and this happened. But like Rhea said, I then turned into gratitude. I felt so much relief. So one of the biggest things we have to do, and I know you mentioned this in your chapter, is we have to forgive ourselves. Yes, we do. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Ms. Rose. That's very deep. It's really knowing where you are in your forgiveness journey and then allowing yourself or giving yourself permission to go through that process. Ms. Petra. All right. <laughs> we are still experiencing the effects of COVID. Listen, we're in some, I don't know what we got. It's just so much going on, right? Um, well, now we're dealing with, again, we're dealing with the inflation. I don't know what is going on. And then not only are we dealing with the inflation, but there's also, as always, the world issues, like getting, you know, people getting killed at grocery stores or children being killed at schools or people getting shot at hospitals. What advice would you give the listeners despite all of this going on, not just from the COVID, just everything in the world, what would you tell them in order to keep their faith? This is really, you know, um, I look at this as really like a very crucial question because as you rightfully mentioned, we are still in crisis. 
And it seems like every day we'll be waiting, just waiting with bated breath. When is the next crisis? What is it going to be? You know, so what has worked for me and what I would say to my listeners and readers, you know, I would say that prayer, number one, prayer works wonders. Prayer when you connect with God, you connect with someone. Sometimes I have experienced that sometimes even the words when you're in a situation that is so mind-boggling, the words cannot even come forth. And you can just say, Lord, help me. But at least he hears you. But prayer is very important. And I also believe in finding someone who you can connect with, like a prayer partner. It has worked for me. At times, again, you need that extra strength to draw on someone else's strength in addition to the little you may have. And you just need that second person to be there and say, I'll hold you up. We are going through this together. So let's connect, you know, let's pray together. And that's so help because that's so helpful because there's unity in strength, you know. And um, also think that what helps me also is to meditate. In addition to prayer, meditate on the word of God. Meditation on the word of God is so important. Yes, we read it. But when we meditate, we find that time, we carve out that time to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to study this. New things jump out at you. You see it in, like, in a new perspective, something that, wow, I didn't see this before. You know, because I remember during the whole pandemic situation, my favorite Psalm is 91. And yes, I've been reading it a lot and he that dwell it in the secret place and so forth. But when I really decide to meditate, I'm like, wait, God, amidst my faith, what are you really saying to me? Yeah, you're my strength, you're my fortress. That's what I heard. So that meditating, that time alone with him and with the word, with the Bible, I was really ready to, you know, I'm saying, no, I got this. You got me and I really got this. I felt that I was strengthened. My strength was renewed. My spirit was revived, you know. So I strongly encourage you. I encourage us myself to do that in mm. addition i would say connect with family and friends you know we are all social beings so we need that family we need that friend who you can trust who you can speak to because imagine we were on lockdown you know it felt so lonesome sometimes just sitting in the walls looking at people you know on the job in the little squares you know like we're looking at now but we are thankful for the technology of course but it created such like a lonesome environment. So when you can find that time to connect with family members, because sometimes what, whatever you're going through and you speak it out, you keep it in there, the times are just waiting to explode and it can harm you. So you connect with someone you can trust, family, friends, even a spiritual leader, you know, pastor or someone who, again, you can entrust your, your troubles, your concerns to. It will help to relieve your anxiety because there is so much anxiety, you know, around us. And I would say that really helps. Last but not least, <laughs> I would say, please, and I do it so I know it works. Take some time for self-care. Pamper yourself exercise and as um i think was um sister rose who rightfully mentioned that scripture that i love in third john chapter two above all beloved 
I just want you to prosper and be in good health as your soul prospered. So physical exercise is very important. I love walking. And that has been so therapeutic for me during the pandemic. You know, prior to the pandemic, walking and exercise has been so, so, so helpful. Because, you know, when you, when you maintain like a healthy physical lifestyle, it also helps you to be spiritually healthy so you can do the work of God. We can engage in this important project. And also it helps your mental health because mental health is so important. We have seen so much decline of mental health. You know, it's, it's just mind boggling and it's so unnerving. It's heartbreaking to see, you know, people who have, you know, just being victims of mental health decline. So I urge you and everyone to just let's, you know, embrace these and let's be healthy and yeah. keep the faith. And I think one of the things you said was meditation. Um, I think about, I believe it's Joshua 1 8, where he says, meditate on the word yes. day and night. I think that. We are looking, I mean, everywhere we're looking, Facebook, our social media, I won't just say Facebook, social media, um, the news, we're getting fed a lot of information. Yeah. You know, and it's different things. It's, it's tragedies. It's the plasticity. Okay, you know, I'm wealthy. I'm doing all this. It's, it's the horror. It's so much that we're feeding into our souls that are not helping us and we're forgetting to be still and really hear from God on how to move next. Aria mentioned fear. Um, and I'm reminded of God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and a discipline mind. I probably say that every time we have a um, podcast yeah. because we are, with everything that happened with 2020, it really induced our fear. It really caused us to, to even now, we're afraid. What is about to happen to the world? You know, we're short on almost everything, right? But learning how to meditate. And a lot of you mentioned like trusting God with your limits. What is God telling you to do with what you have? But imagine sitting in on God and really getting direct orders on, from him on your next move. And we're missing that because that is where our peace comes from. So thank you so much for that. Kalisha, so for you, you mentioned the power of community. We're in a world where we absolutely need each other. I feel like love is not spread enough right now. Why do you believe community is essential in the face of adversity? My reason for that is because when I think about just the basic everyday um, life, how we live every day, just going through basic things. I don't think there's anybody that could say they don't need help from, from a person during every day. Whether it's at work, if the photocopy machine breaks down, you need a technician. If, you know, the Wi-Fi goes down, you call the IT department, right? If you feel sick, you go to the doctor, just basic, you know, basic everyday living requires depending on someone. And if we live like that, just based on a basic day-to-day -day level, how much more when we're facing adversity? And I think of this in so many different ways. And it's like, 
this for is an example. I've always wanted to write. My professors always encouraged me to write, but I just thought it was daunting. But I got connected with Rhea, and that's her area of expertise. I'm a lawyer, but I don't know anything about publishing a book. Rhea knows about publishing a book. So here it is, I'm able to actually fulfill that goal because it's something I always wanted to do. So connecting with her is helping me to fulfill that goal. Dominique is an accountant. I hate numbers, but it's essential and it's required for me, right, by the society that oversees my practice. So I would need somebody with Dominique's expertise. So when we think about how we live on a day-to-day -day basis, why would we not do the same thing when we're facing an adversity? And from my personal experience, I could not have been where I am today without having that community of people around me. Because, you know, when, when we look at all the stories that are in the book, everyone has gone through a lot of adversity. And it's so inspiring to see how all of these women overcame these things. But you see they had people in their lives. It might not have been 10 people. It might have been one person, whether it was a family, whether it was a friend, whether it was a pastor. There was always someone there to walk you through. And I feel that sometimes when we're in adversity, we feel vulnerable. And I believe Rhea mentioned earlier that sometimes we feel there's this image of ourselves that we have to protect. So we don't want to be transparent and you know, open to say to somebody, this is where I am and I need help. But you can't get out of adversity unless you, you come to that place of being really vulnerable, even though you may have been hurt. I'm sure all of us would have been hurt by someone, you know, or betrayed at a point where we were vulnerable and open. But we cannot allow that fear to keep us from connecting with the people that God has placed in our life because. There are some things God is not going to come down to do himself. He's put people in our lives strategically to bring us through that moment. So that is why I feel community is so essential when we're going through tough times. I love that. We forget, like you said, we don't want to share our vulnerabilities. We're afraid what people will think of us or how they respond. It's just so many negative connotations connected when we want to be those, those people to reach out for help, especially when you're in a position of power. And, you know, for women, especially women of color, there's a stigmatism that behind us that we are strong women. And listen, I just saw this thing. I said, listen, I'm not even interested in being strong. I'm interested in being whole, right? And it's kind of one of those things where, like you said, in order for us to get whole, we need the community to help us through it. We are not islands and we need, we really need people like Rhea or Dominique. They have specific skills. That's why your purpose is so important that what you would try to figure out in a year, you, you connect with somebody like Rhea, she'll help you in 90 days. We have to be in tune into who we are and why we're here so that when we are in the community and other people need us, whatever would take them so long or us super long, we be there in an instant based off of their own purpose. So listen, listeners, <laughs> you got a lot of information from these ladies today. It is very important that you take it seriously. Read the book. And I'm going to let Rhea go ahead and talk about what's next. 
what is upcoming for the book when it drops, when you're hosting your event, like what's next for these group of powerful, dynamic women? Well, you know, um, we are nearing the finish line in this project. You know, um, right now the book is being proofread and then we're going to go and start, you know, the creation of the book and it's going to be publishing next month, you know, and I'm excited because we have our VIP pre-launch panel discussion that is coming up on June 25th, and it's going to be live on Facebook. It's going to be between the time frame of 12 to 4.15 p.m. It's going to be on my page, Rhea Rodney, Facebook, so you guys please tune in. But it's also going to be stream, um, streamlined on all the author's pages as well. You know, So it gives us the opportunity at that point. Well, what I wanted to do, I should say, as the visionary author, is to really help my co-authors then, because I understand that they are still new at this, and I want to give them that opportunity to be able to bring themselves out to their people on social media, you know, and because as, as a publisher, I have clients that come to me to invest all this money on their book, and you will know that as well, right? And I'm saying to them, hey, you need to be telling your audience, you need to be telling the people on your social media page about your book. And I go and I look because I always, you know, befriend them on Facebook. And they're not saying anything. And I'm like, if you're not telling anyone, what's going to happen? So in my first anthology, I didn't do this, as you know, uh, the pre-launch. But I felt the need to really give these ladies that notch and that support. So on the 25th, they are going to be doing their launching or their pre-launch. So on that day, they're going to be telling everyone where they could go and pre-order their books, right? And um, it also will give me the opportunity because it's not about me. So you and I will be really bringing them out and really putting them in that spotlight and they will be able to talk to their, their direct followers on social media with the hope that they could start to really garner some sales ahead of time. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's my way of really helping them, you know, to, to set it off, right? To send them off into the world. I'm often um, being told that I am like a midwife. I don't know why I have authors, my clients, they use that phrase with me a lot because you know I'm always pushing them or nurturing them. And this is my way of doing that with these ladies here. You know, I realize that I have, yes, we have professional, I deal with like, um, like, you know, people from many different walks of life, but in the publishing space, you know, they're babies. Right. And I really want to give them that support. So on June 25th, we are going to be having that. And then once the book is published, each author they have, they will be really taking it by force and creating that path for themselves. So they all will be selling the book on their platform. So they will be so in this space, I would like to say to the listeners, you know, follow these authors as they will be telling you where you can follow them be it Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram or whatever it is, but follow them so you can stay in tune because when the book comes out, they all will be individually selling this book, you know, so we want you to support them. So this book should be out in July, um, probably by the 6th, um, so they will be able to share um, on that day on the 25th when they will be doing their actual physical launch, you know, so I'm excited about that. Now, Rhea, tell us, and all you ladies are going to do this, tell us where they can find you and where they can go for the event. 
Okay, so I am on several social media platforms. So you can go on Instagram, it's gonna be Dara Publishing, which is my publishing company. You could go on Facebook, and I prefer you find me Facebook at Rhea Rodney, R-E-E-A-R-O-D-N-E-Y, because you could follow me there. And once you get me there, you can find me on all the other Facebook platform. I'm also on LinkedIn as well. Look for Rhea Rodney, and then you can hop over to my business page. I'm also on Twitter as well, which, which will actually be my business page, Dara Publishing. So once you follow me there, you could uh, keep up with all the events that's going to be happening pertaining to this anthology and also the anthologies to come. And on the 25th, the event is going to be streamlined exactly from my um, Facebook but also the ladies as well, right? But if you come to my Facebook, you have direct access, you know, between the time of 12 to four to be a part of this pre-launch. So come up with your numbers and support. Follow us because we need the support and you guys need this book. Like today, or wait, when it come out in July, you need it. <laughs> yes, yes. Because we're still going through, yes. <laughs> um, Josanne, go ahead. Where, where are you located? Where can they find you? Okay, so you can find me on Facebook at Josan Rojas 101, or you can follow me on Instagram, Josan Renee Rojas. I'm also on LinkedIn, Josan Rojas. So just type in Josan Rojas and you are sure to find me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Awesome. Dominique, where can we find you at? I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram name is Dominic.Bradford and Facebook is Dominic Bradford. Okay. I, Where can we find you at? Um, you can find me on Facebook as Rose Dawson. And I'm also, you can find me uh, with my uh, Thousand Faces. That's T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D-P-H-A-S. Es thousand faces at gmail.com and I can also be contacted by my personal email. And so I do have other plans on getting on Instagram soon. Okay. All right. Ms. Petra, where can they find you? Where can the listeners find you? Okay, you can find me two main places: Facebook and LinkedIn. And just as my name appears on the screen, Petra P-E-T-R-A. N-E-C-K-L-E-S, Petra Nettles, Facebook and LinkedIn. So see you there. Yes. And then Miss Kalisha, where can we find you at? You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. And my social media handle is KYL Law Firm. And if you find me on Facebook or Instagram at KYL Law Firm, but you're not on those platforms, I am on LinkedIn and you can find me there by searching for my name, Kalisha Letlow Perun. Okay. You ladies did a fantastic job. I just want to really congratulate you for sharing your stories. That's not easy to be vulnerable with your stuff, right? Um, so I want to congratulate you for doing that. I know without a shadow of a doubt that your stories will help somebody. All of us, as you said, Ms. Kalisha, face adversity. 
every single day we're facing something, no matter if it's at the micro, the macro level, the micro level, we're in something, right? Um, at some point. So this is a good guide to help anyone going through adversity to really become inspired and also take the necessary steps so they too can overcome it. So ladies, I thank you so much for your time. I am so appreciative for the opportunity to get to know you and read your stories. And I'm looking forward to June 25th where we have our party. Bria didn't say party, but I'm calling the party. Um, so that we've got, we can go deeper and share with your people. So readers or listeners, both of y'all, because y'all going to get the book. We want to hear from you. We want you to go on the page and we want you to leave a comment because we know these stories are powerful and we want you to tell us how they have helped you overcome adversity and you too will be able to turn your lemons into lemonade or whatever you want to do. Give them away. What do you say? Create something else, whatever God tells you to do with them. So thank you so much, Rhea. Thank you for your vision and we will see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Pick My Brain Podcast, a candid conversation with authors. Be sure to check out each author's information, social media sites, and webpage so you can learn more about what's next for them. Again, thank you, and we will see you next episode.